Welcome to The Power of Faith with David Hathaway. In this episode, David continues his Bible study from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Reading from verse 10. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening, it's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Now, open your Bibles and join David as he teaches from Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 9, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. You know, the sad thing is, it doesn't seem to be recognized by leadership, those in government, those in senior positions, that actually children want discipline. Because I remember this, that um, when I was working with young people many, many years ago and taking uh, groups of young people away on the holiday tours overseas, I found out that what we'd had to have was discipline. And what I found was that we would set uh, as few as possible, we would set rules, regulations. But the fact was that because there weren't too many, I could keep that level of discipline. I had to do it even with tour groups to have a level of discipline. But the people loved it and they respected it because they saw its purpose. And so although in verse uh, 10, our fathers disciplined us, but God disciplines us for our good that we might share in his holiness. And in verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. However, later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So you understand how important it is, even in our Christian experience, that God does train and teach us. Then it comes to verse 12, where he says, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees, in the sense very much that under the hardship, under the difficulty, it might make us weak, in the sense that, you know, enduring hardship, 
you don't always come initially come out of it strong. Very often you come out of it temporarily weakened by the hardship, but the longer term makes you strong. It's just as with fasting, which and fasting is a biblical discipline. Did you get that? The teaching of the scripture on fasting is a discipline. And I do admit that when I fast, I come out of it a little weaker, but it's for the greater strength that I gain spiritually in order to do it. So therefore, um, we need to be strong even under discipline. And then in verse 13, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. In other words, that we encourage one another. We, we literally try to make things easier and help those who are going through difficulty. When it says make level paths, there's no use putting obstructions in the way. And I certainly know that in the years of my, early years of my ministry, people would put a lot of obstructions in the way, try to stop me. Oh, <laughs> I don't know whether it applies quite as much now because I'm a bit old and obstinate, but certainly in my youth, although I was obeying God, people would put obstructions in the way and try and stop me, and I had to fight for it. So the injunction is that we don't make life difficult for others um, so that we're not disabled but healed. And then in verse 14, we're moving on to something entirely different because here he's saying, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, while it's saying every effort to live in peace, that is a sense of responding to discipline that we don't fight amongst ourselves. But it does not mean that we don't go to war against the enemy. And I want to be very strong at this point. The scripture is very clear that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the forces of evil. So while the scripture is saying that, and while it is saying here, Paul is saying, make every effort to live in peace, that is living in peace with fellow Christians, our brothers, our sister. But it does not mean that we tolerate the attack of the enemy without fighting. Why? Uh, when people say uh, the Christian life should be all peace, then why does Paul say put on the armor of God and refer to the helmet and the shield and the breastplate and, and the sword? No, we are in a fight against evil. But this is living at peace with brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 15, see to it that though and misses the grace of God and that there's no bitter root which cause trouble and defile many. This is that bitterness that unfortunately can come amongst Christians, that can divide them. And um, we must be so careful that there is no immorality, uh, but it's, that's including Esau, who actually sold his birthright 
for a single meal. You know the story. And we must be so careful because when he lost that inheritance, verse 17, afterwards he wanted to take it back, but he couldn't. He'd sold it. it was, he was rejected. And there is a danger that if we reject the things of God and the challenge and the things that we're talking about in this chapter, we can cut ourselves off from the greater blessing that God wants to give us. And Esau never got it back. He couldn't bring a change of mind, although he sought the blessing with tears. Our God works miracles. He never changes, nor do his promises. What you read in the Bible can still happen in your life today. In Psalm 119, one phrase appears repeatedly, and it is, according to thy word. You find it at least seven times, in different contexts, particularly in verse 170. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. The Bible is God's word, it must happen as God has promised. All the promises of man are meaningless compared to the might and power of God. Our God is about to do great things. His power is on the increase. And he wants to demonstrate his power through you. In 1994, David Hathaway set out to win Siberia for Christ by signs, wonders and miracles. Over 100,000 received Christ and over 1,300 miracles of healing were recorded. Why Siberia is the amazing story of what happened and will challenge you to evangelize your city, your nation, and see God's power revealed through you. Why Siberia is now available on Kindle from Amazon. Or visit eurovision.org.uk forward slash shop for the paperback edition of Why Siberia. Thank you for listening to the Power of Faith broadcast with David Hathaway. We would love to hear from you. Contact us by visiting eurovision.org.uk. Also available online are many free teaching resources to help you on your walk with God. David has written many faith-building books to encourage and inspire. Order these online today. Each month, David ministers online and in person. Our ministry is only possible because of the faithful support of so many people. For details on our evangelism and humanitarian relief work, visit eurovision.org.uk. Thank you again for listening.